Welcome to Financial Advisor, Say the Darndest Things. I'm your host, A.B. Ridgeway. If you're looking for faith-based financial advice that you can actually understand, then you've come to the right place. On this show, we demystify all the financial jargon that you may hear from your financial advisor. We leverage proven financial strategies, but use faith-based principles for guidance. And during this process, we pray for discernment so we can understand the things that work for us. See, this program is for the beginner. Those who want to learn about finances, but doesn't have the time or willingness to go get a master's of business administration in finance or sit through an eight-hour online course to figure out what a bond is. So if you are like the other millions of investors that wish they knew what their advisor was talking about, be prepared to be prepared. So sit back and relax, not if you're driving, as we get this show started. A.B., yeah. Cue the music. Let's make this happen. I wanna go where the moon shines bright. I wanna dance under the stars tonight. Welcome back once again. I am your host, A.B. Ridgeway, and today we're going to touch on a very sensitive subject to the egos of many financial advisors. And this is the dependence on outside advisors to help their clients. Now, I know you're paying your advisor nearly 1% or so in order to manage your finances and you're being referred to someone else. What's the deal? I thought that the financial advisor was the end-all say-all, right? Well, I'm here to take the veil off of this subject and let you know that your financial advisor may not be everything he claims to be. But first... Let's start this episode off with a scripture and a guiding principle. It comes from the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 15. Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing. I know what you're thinking. Wow, A.B., uh, way to start off an episode, right? <laughs> That's kind of a harsh scripture, and, and I agree. But as I stated in a prior episode, I don't mind people calling themselves financial advisors, but I am conservative when it comes to using the term. I feel that if you're going to identify yourself as a financial advisor, that you must be explicit in the boundaries by which you provide that advice and willing to admit when other professionals will be more suited to execute a given task. And this scripture speaks about being aware of the advisor who seems to have your best interest in mind, but is really out for their own self-interest. And the self-interest doesn't have to be monetary. It could be credibility. It could be his or her ego. Maybe they don't want to tell their client that they need to seek a CPA. Maybe they feel referring a question or task to an estate attorney discredits them as a financial advisor in some way. I don't know the reason, but I want my listeners to know that as a financial advisor, by law, there are just some things we cannot do. And if you are not a CPA or enrolled agent, you cannot file taxes on behalf of your client. You can address topics. You can give clients things to consider. You can work out strategies. But when it comes to filing those taxes to the state and federal governments, you will need a tax team or someone certified to do so. I know we are working with a tax team now, you know, even our team to bring on tax services for our clients. See, because we like to keep things in-house as much as possible so we can oversee the work that is being done. And if our clients have access to these professionals under one roof, 
it streamlines the process because they know that we will hold our support team to the same standard by which we hold ourselves and clients like that. But back to the subject of the day. Now, I get a lot of backlash because I expose the illusion of the financial industry. One of my biggest pet peeves are advisors that are not clear on the boundaries by which they operate. I think every step that you take outside of your wheelhouse puts the client at a greater risk. For example, yes, as financial advisors, we understand Medicare and the enrollment periods. We understand that by age 65, you have a three-month time frame prior to your birth month and three months following in order to enroll in Part A. Also, there being an open enrollment around January 1st to, to March around that time. Now, we understand that if you're employed, that Part B may not be a great option as it becomes a secondary insurance and you're paying a premium for something that you may not even use or how Part C, Medicare Advantage, may be less expensive than combining you know, Part A and Part B and, and Part D as well. And that's all great and dandy. But don't you think that this recommendation to enroll or delay enrollment should be done by someone who has five, 10 years in the business and deals with insurance and health coverage eight hours a day? I think so. Why? Because as an advisor, I wouldn't want my clients to get their financial advice from a cousin who trades on the weekend, who maybe does it you know, once every week or, you know, once every two weeks and he's Googled a few articles and now he feels like he is the investment guru, right? The trouble with advisors and the things that they get into and why they get into trouble is trying to prove their worth through providing information that they are not experts in. See, the point of having an investment advisor is not to be the ultimate authority on every financial decision that a client makes but to be the objective perspective on every one that they do make. See, clients pay financial advisors to walk them through territory that is normally uncharted. If you are approaching the age of 65, you may not know about the enrollment period. You may not know that there is a 10% penalty per year for delayed enrollment in Part B. You may not know that enrolling in Part B while still working may trigger some premium payments that may not be in your best interest to pay. That's where your financial advisor comes in and says, hey, have you considered your medical benefits? You are 64 and we don't want to be penalized for late enrollment. See, the value is not in recommending an enrollment date. The value comes in for recommending a consultation with the professional before the enrollment date and before a penalty may incur. See, as financial advisors, our goal is to be the scout for our clients. That is what you're paying for. Let me give you an example. My nephew, I love him to death. He is a scout in the army. His job is to go out in enemy territory, understand their position, bring back vital information that is going to be used to help the United States position themselves in the best way possible. He will definitely identify strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats in the enemy's formation and location in order to maximize the success of a military campaign and enemy engagement. Financial advisors are like the scouts of your personal finances. They go out there and identify different strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats 
in your personal finances. Their job is not always to solve these things for you, right? My nephew, he's a scout. He's not going to pull the gun out and start shooting or or lay down the bomb or whatever it may be. He's not doing that. He's going out there and being the scout. He's letting the Marines, letting the the Rangers and everybody else, you know, go in and, and handle their business. Their contribution as a financial advisor may be to go find a professional who can guide you in the right direction. If we find a deficiency with your health insurance, we aren't going to make a recommendation to fix it. We are going to get on the phone with you and your health professional to figure out what is in the best interest of you. Financial advisors are here to consider things that the average client may not consider, which could save them thousands of dollars in the long run. Financial advisors cannot create estate documents. That needs to be done by an attorney. The need to establish a will or living trust only they can create the stipulations by which the trustee can act on behalf of the trust. The, the attorney can, not the financial advisor. But who is the person that helps you determine what those stipulations are? Yes, your financial advisor does that. Who helps you understand that required minimum distributions have been changed from 70 and a half to 72 years old? Yes, your financial advisor. Just that one recommendation can save you almost a year worth of unnecessary distributions out of a qualified account, saving you hundreds of dollars. Now, your financial advisor is everything you wish you knew about finances. They are truly the quarterback in this situation. They may not be the tight end, wide receiver, or running back that actually makes the touchdown, but they are the ones that hands the ball off to the right person to put the points on the scoreboard. And those who follow football, yes, we do have quarterback sneaks. Yes, we may run the option. You know, there's there's other things that we can do, meaning that we're versatile. We can go through the air. We can run it on the ground. We can run plays for ourselves and other people. We are the ones that speak on your behalf. So how many people know that they have employee benefits, but don't know what exactly they have? How many people have medical coverage? Raise your hand but afraid to go to the doctor because they don't know how much their bill is going to be. What if I told you that as a financial advisor, we look at those benefits and figure out what preventative care solutions you may have for free. I think too many times advisors try to be everything to their clients and that is setting them up for disaster. Our job is to be familiar with the financial world and be able to navigate our clients through it. They shouldn't expect you to make the right choice for them They should expect you to help them make the right choice for themselves. For example, yes, I do estate planning. But as I stated earlier, I can't draft up a will or trust. But I can recommend that one is drafted in order to successfully transfer assets to the right heirs. I can't tell you that when you do tax harvesting, that you reduce your tax implication. That is the choice that the CPA must make. But I am the one that can execute those changes. I can explain what capital losses are. I can explain what capital gains are. I can explain how you can carry over some of those losses if you need to change your adjusted gross income. I can have those conversations with you. So when you do approach your CPA, you know what to tell them. How would you know to tell them about your investment account? How would you know to tell them that you have some capital losses to take advantage of? Right? So my main point is that you need an advisor that knows the limitation of his job And you want someone that is knowledgeable of the industry so they can help you make a logical decision about your finances based on facts 
and not your subjective opinion. So who executes these decisions may be different than your financial advisor. A certified public account or an enrolled agent files taxes. An advisor helps you identify weaknesses or opportunities in your tax filing that you may want to consider. An attorney drafts up a will and trust, but a financial advisor may recommend putting stipulations for an heir that is not good with money management. A job may allow for contribution maximums, and an advisor may recommend a supplement qualified plan to maximize your retirement income. You know what? This may be a good time to just take a break. We have gone over a lot of information, and I want to make sure that you grab a glass of water, answer those questions in that text message, or just review the notes that you have written down so far. When we get back, we'll be talking about how your financial advisor benefits you in the long run, and how by having an advisor who sees your whole picture can better prepare you for the things that are coming in the future. I know we're kind of getting really, really into the weeds here. Um, I want to take a break. I want to slow it down. I want to give you some more good, valuable information, but hopefully that you're keeping up. The second half, I'm going to slow down a little bit, and I'm going to make sure that we are really understanding here that we're not trying to make enemies of financial advisors. We're not trying to say that your financial advisor is not you know, worth his job. What I want to do is give my listeners the ability and empower them to understand what they're getting into. Because when you're dealing with one, two, three, five million dollars, you know, when you come up with those tax breaks or when you come up with those suggestions to prepare for retirement income, they can save you thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. And I want to make sure you catch that. So let's take a break. As always, I will see you on the other side of this blessing. Are you wondering if you should have a financial advisor? Maybe there was a question that you had that wasn't answered. Well, you can always give us a call at 337-414-3686 and speak to a financial advisor today. We want to better serve you with quality information that you can use. One of our guiding principles here at AB Ridgeway Wealth Management is know thyself, meaning we give people the opportunity to be who they want to be. If you're looking for retirement planning, we have assets at different banks and need to consolidate. We are always here to help. You can visit us at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. Until then, feel free to enjoy our podcast. We release them every other Tuesday. We have an array of subjects from what is a financial advisor? Why does my account keep going up and down in my retirement? Three things you should ask your advisor five things your advisor should be asking you and other such topics where we help you, the investor, make better financial decisions. I'll talk to you on the other side of this blessing.
Whew. Okay. We are back. Hopefully that you took a deep breath. Because I know that I did. And I guess, you know, the subject kind of works me up a little bit. Because I've been in the industry for nearly a decade. And there are some things that I used to bite my tongue about. But now I have the opportunity to express myself freely and to educate my listeners. Right? So if you're just joining us, we're talking about unveiling the complexities of being a financial advisor and how advisors are actually on your side. And we want to speak on the ability to admit as financial advisors our limitations when it comes to advice and execution of that advice. Now, we do have a fiduciary responsibility to help you implement those recommendations. And there's a difference between implementing those recommendations and executing those recommendations. And I think that's my point of today is, is that we may make the recommendation, we may help you implement it, but the person who's executing that decision may be another financial advisor professional. So you see how financial advisors are the front runners to your financial decisions. We are your guides. We shouldn't try to be your everything. When I talk to clients, I don't position myself as their end-all say-all. I position myself as their financial conscious. I am an objective viewpoint that takes on all the information I know about them to help them make the best financial decision for their life, which in turn could save them thousands of dollars of mistakes in the long run. Advisors are the ones on the phone to make sure that you get the best market prices for your stock sold. They're the ones that make sure that upon your death, that the amount of assets goes to the right heir. They're the ones that help you eliminate debt in the most cost efficient way. They are the quarterback. They are the scout. And sometimes they, they may do that quarterback sneak I talked to you earlier about to get that first down on the fourth and one when time is really of the essence or we really just need to push just a little bit more. But most of the time, and I'm not talking about the extreme situations, but they are seeing opportunities in the defense in order for you to have the maximum amount of success in your financial pursuits. Now, I think the key takeaway is that financial advisors want to know your whole financial picture so they can identify opportunities for you to mitigate risk. For example, if your job is a high risk job, you work offshore on an oil rig and the odds of you becoming disabled are high, an advisor may recommend that you review your benefits and see what you are actually paying for. Are you covered if you fall and break a leg and unable to work? Are you doing physical labor or are you a white collar worker in the office? Can you continue to work in your own industry or are you unable to work in any industry that you're qualified to work in because of your situation, because of the disability? These are questions that the average consumer doesn't know to ask, but your financial advisor will be able to ask you in most cases. That is the value that you are paying for. They say that in the land of the blind, that the one-eyed man is king. You're paying for foresight. You're paying for an advisor to see the things that you may not be able to see. That is where the value is. I think we all have been on hold for 30 minutes just to be told that we don't have the right information or that we are not in the right department. And what do we do? We just don't do anything. We leave it as it is because we are so frustrated. And in that case, we may be penalized for our delay. So instead of paying a penalty to the government or another company, 
why not potentially pay less for an advisor that should help you avoid those penalties by getting you to the right department and the right person to discuss your personal situation. Let me give you an example of a long-term care policy. See, as your financial advisor, there are some things that we would want to discuss with the client to make sure they are considering everything in their financial picture when considering such a policy to take advantage of, or if any. For me, I would, one, make sure they don't require prior hospitalization, that you have to go into the hospital first before you qualify, or the level of care required for initial benefit payments to begin, right? The activities of daily living, right? We're talking about bathing, eating, dressing, transferring, and, and cognitive ability. Do you meet those qualifications of not being able to perform two out of those six for at least 90 days? What about the elimination period, right? Waiting until benefit starts. Do you have enough emergency fund to cover that time period? What's the benefit period? Is it two years, five years, 10 years? Is it why you're still employed? What happens after your employment? Is it renewable? You know, during the time of the underwriting. What about pre-existing conditions in that waiting period? Is there a waiver of premiums, nursing facility requirements, qualification for home health care benefits, right? So you can stay home so you don't have to go into a, a care facility. What is the benefit amount? What about inflation, right? Because the longer that you live, the more likely that inflation is going to incur and things are going to cost more. So we may make some generalizations such as, is it good to get coverage when you can afford it and when you're healthy because the premiums will be cheaper, right? So why wait? But we also may consider partnership plans to protect assets and still take care of Medicaid, but also warn clients that government-funded health care may not be as good as privately purchased insurance. So we may want to weigh those options. This is what you get when you hire a financial advisor. If you didn't understand anything that I talked about, then now you understand the value of a financial advisor. So I won't be the health professional that's going to help you enroll into Medicare or Medicaid, but I am the one to guide you through those steps for things that you want to consider. Because I don't think those past 10 or 11 things that I talked about was on your checklist. I'm, I'm pretty sure they weren't. I think the only thing people really think about is how much they're going to have to pay and what type of insurance that they may need. And they still need help with that. Right. So, yes, as a financial advisor, this is what you hire us for. So let me give you another example. Yes, we do love our doctors and in emergency situations, they can save our lives. But our primary care provider may not be the one who saves our lives directly. They may be the one that says, your blood pressure is high, or I see a growth. I think we should see a specialist. And if you find out you have cancer and able to treat it before it spreads, is that doctor not valuable? Yes. That is how it is with a financial advisor. We tend to be a general practitioner that will help you make life-changing decisions in-house, if we can, but also seek the professional recommendations of specialists if needed. So someone may still be asking, why do I even need a financial advisor if they are depending on other specialists? Why won't I just go straight to the specialist? You can. And we're not saying you can't. But how many specialists are you going to have to go to and know what to ask and when? Because it's not just a CPA at, at tax time. It's not just a doctor, you know, annually. It's not just your 
your mortgage consultant when you're thinking about buying a house. It's not just your uh, insurance carrier when your child turns 26 and, and no longer can be claimed under the Affordable Care Act. There's other things. The timing of those professionals is just as important as the professionals themselves, right? So once again, the same reason you have a general practitioner, the goal is to visit your doctor frequently enough, at least once a year, to evaluate your health and see if there is any preventative care techniques that can be implemented now to prevent major health issues in the future. So if you make it to age 70 with no health issues or the ones you have were mitigated by early detection, then you have a great doctor. The same with a financial advisor. If they help you plan your retirement and you don't have to make a huge loan or go into debt to live your best lifestyle, then they did a great job. So take this into consideration when you're choosing a financial advisor. Some specialize in things such as sustainable investing. Some specialize in tax implication. Some in estate planning or special needs. But one thing they all have in common is that at some point, they may need to bring on an expert or another professional financial advisor, such as a CPA or an estate attorney, to better serve you. This way, the client can make the best choice that will increase their probability of success. And at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want you to be successful. And that's the point of this podcast. I want you to be successful. I don't want you just to come to me and say, A.B., I want you to help me because, you know, I listen to your podcast and I just love everything that you say. That's great. You know, I would love to have you as a client, depending if it's a good match. But one thing I want to equip you with is that if we are not a good match, I still want you to have the information necessary for you to make a good decision because everything is not right for everybody. Would I love to help the world? I would. But sometimes personalities don't match. But what I do know is that information is the same. The laws for me is the same for you. Maybe different based on the age and our circumstances. Yes, there's some variables, right? I don't want to have a huge generalization. But in my heart of heart, I truly believe this podcast is going to bless a lot of people that may not have access to somebody like me. Somebody may not have a personal financial advisor that they can call when they need to make a financial decision. You know, when they have an adjuster out doing a claim on their roof, they don't have a financial advisor they can reach out to and figure out should they pay now or pay later. You know, they don't have a financial advisor to kind of give them, you know, the ins and outs to make sure that this project is not being pushed back and that they're staying on schedule. But, Listening to this podcast, I give a lot of free information out, a lot of information that you can use. Now, this is not financial advice, but this is me speaking from my heart to you. And this is how I give back. If you truly, truly feel blessed, continue to listen because I'm going to be bringing on some great guests. I'm going to be giving you more information about financial advising, but I want to make it easy. I want to make it fun. And I want you to know that I actually care about you. So, I hope that you've been blessed. And until we meet again, hey, B, yeah, cue the music. These people got places to go and things to do. I want to go where the moon shines bright. I want to dance under the
the stars tonight. As always, this episode was created by A.B. Ridgeway, owner of A.B. Ridgeway Wealth Management, a virtual and in-person fee-only advisor that believes that financial advice should be custom-made. If you need help figuring out your finances, feel free to reach out to us at 337-414-3686 or visit our website at www.abrwealthmanagement.com and schedule a free consultation. At our firm, we practice what we preach. So if you need more information or a better explanation of what you heard today, give us a call and we'll love to have a discussion on how we can serve you. I'm A.B. Ridgeway and I'll see you on the other side of your blessing. Elijah One Ridgeway is an investment advisor representative and owner of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor which produces the podcast show and makes it available on his website and through other distribution channels. Elijah One Ridgeway and any guest on the podcast are providing their own view and opinion and are not necessarily the views and opinions of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management. Nothing on the podcast should be construed as a solicitation or offer or recommendation to buy or sell any Pacific security. Investment advisory services are only provided to investors who become AB Ridgeway Wealth Management clients pursuant to a written investment management agreement. Clients of AB Ridgeway Wealth Management may hold positions and securities discussed in the podcast. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk and may lose money. Financial advisors say the darndest thing podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied on for any investment decision. Instead, please consult your financial advisor, accountant, attorney, and or conduct your own due diligence.